alert. Before listening, know that we are going to be spoiling parts of this film as well as others. If you wish to watch your film spoiler-free, turn back now before it's too late. Ready? On with the show. I am your host, actress of the stage and screen, Sarah Peterson. Scare. Scare. You're scary. Scary. Post to cut feature tableau. I am your host, actress of the stage and screen, Sarah Peterson. With me today, I have VFX artist David Beerkamp. Hey, what's up? Editor, writer, David M. Brown. Hello. And sound designer, RJ Ampicino. Hi. So, as a wrap up of our three part Star Wars series, we uh, have spent the last two weeks discussing the lightsaber battles between Emperor Palpatine and Yoda and Anakin and Obi Wan. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take a look and analyze the impact that they have on each other in terms of why they were intercut the way that they were, as well as how it pushes the story forward and, and the, the implications that it makes on the story of that particular point in the Star Wars universe. So um, first thing we're going to discuss is our parallels between the two. Right. So we kind of had a discussion off air about how in this instance, Yoda and Palpatine, as well as, I'm sorry, Yoda and, and Sidious at this point, because yeah. he, yeah. he's not Palpatine no longer. Is. You can still call him Palpatine. You can still call him Palpatine. Still call him Palpatine. But that's... And then Obi-Wan and Anakin, they both are pretty much in terms of fighting power against each other. They're at the peak of their power. And they parallel in terms of canceling each other out when... Palpatine throws the lightning at Yoda and he absorbs it. And then there's the force push that Anakin and Obi-Wan do inside that control room. Yeah. And they push each other back. Mm-hmm. With incredible force. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to display because, first of all, you're looking at, and, and I think it was RJ that said this, Sidious and Yoda are both embodiments of the light and dark, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. And Anakin and Obi-Wan are both pawns in the game of the light and dark where they have both tasted the dark side. Mm -hmm. They have both had that taste of dark side. Whether Obi-Wan really succumbed to it, that's another story. Well, he kind of relies on it in the mall fight because when he sees Qui-Gon run through, he allows his anger to kind of overtake him. And he's the aggressor in that moment. Right. And then when he falls down into the shaft and he's hanging there, he realizes his mistake. Right. And then he comes back to the... Right. And so it's his fall from grace there. Right. Another thing to look at is, didn't Obi-Wan fight Dooku as well? And not in this movie, but in like Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah. Both Anakin and Obi Wan fought Dooku twice, and multiple times in the Clone Wars. Now, yeah. if you want to include, I that. want to point this out. Then, I mean, Dooku was Qui Gon Jinn's master. Yep, mm-hmm. which is huge. I mean, Obi Wan's looking at this because he's around at that time, and he's like, "Whoa, wh- how did this guy become bad?" And so he thinks about this, and now he's looking at his apprentice following in those same footsteps and mm-hmm. he's trying to wrap his head around it. So yeah. he's trying to understand the thought process of someone turning to the dark side. Really go into Dooku's backstory. I'm now we're kind of sidetracking here, but he left the Jedi order a long time ago before he turned to the mm-hmm. dark side because he didn't believe in some of the, the, 
things that the Jedi Order was doing. Right. My, I would say that Dooku was more of a gray Jedi. At one point. Honestly, because all he wants is power. Jedi. It's not like he really even believes in the Sith. He just wants power. That's all right? he wants. He wants to be a Senate. He wants to be in control of an area. <laughs> right. But that goes back to even what Yoda says, that the dark side clouds everything. Even Mace admits that their use of the Force is diminished. Right. And looking at what RJ just brought up, you think about it, Anakin doesn't really want to be a, a pawn of the dark side either. He just wants the power to save Padme. To save Padme. He's right. not really... He wants to stop his, his loved ones joining, from dying. His joining of the dark side is not like, oh my God, I'm gung-ho about this. Right. It's a defeat. Mm-hmm. He is defeated. He doesn't know which way to go. And so he's like, well, I guess I'm going to go this way because I really have no other choice. Because technically, if you think about it, Palpatine has never lied to him. Yeah. In terms of like... In his eyes, yeah. Right. And well, like he says, what is it? They they asked you to do something. They asked you to spy on me. In other words, they're asking you to do something that goes against your code. Right. Right. So you see what they're doing. They're trying to take over. So he sees that. And at that point, it's the only truth that Anakin actually sees. Right. And at this whole time, I mean, the Jedi have been like, well, you're evil. You're, or, you they know, won't give him assignments. They, they don't right. make him a master. It's like they treat when, him with harsh, harsher penalties than an average. Student. Right. It's, because right. he's the chosen. One. Right. Because and it's like when I brought up during the Matrix, what if. You know, the Matrix is actually the good guy in yeah. that entire series. What if, and it, it sounds really bad because we're saying like, you know, the light and the dark, you know, the good and evil. Mm-hmm. What if the the Sith side at this point is the good guy because they're the only ones that are giving absolute truth? Right. They're not, they're not providing false truths. Right. They're providing the truth from a certain point of view. Exactly. Yeah. During that scene where he finds Palpatine as the Sith Lord, and they're circling around, he tells Anakin, if you want to have a good grasp of the Force, you can't just have the dogmatic view of the Jedi. You have to have knowledge of other things. And getting back to the, to the parallels of the two duels, you both have a beginning where they talk, and they have their little precursor to the actual battle, where I think, I said it before in the first one with Palpatine and Yoda, it's more of a cursory thing. They do it almost out of tradition mm-hmm. to, to, to talk to one another. One thing I've noticed that I think is very symbolic of both these battles when they're happening simultaneously mm-hmm. is they start with a dialogue that mm-hmm. goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, you're at a, a standstill. Mm. Eventually, you go into this grand battle, but both battles conclude with one, the destruction of the, the Hall of Democracy. Mm-hmm. The other, the destruction of an entire person on fire, burning alive. Right. It all ends in disaster when dark and light clashes mm-hmm. there is no good ending there is no there's only darkness and destruction at the right. end of these battles mm-hmm. and that is symbolic between both yeah yeah right well i would say the destruction of a soul because at the end of the movie vader comes forward vader is what is left right a it, corrupted it, it, shell of what it was exactly so i would say a cor- I, I would say an end of a soul versus obi-wan says it best in return of the jedi He's more machine now than men, twisted and evil. And But that goes back to the point of the birth and rebirth scene where Anakin, we had spoken about this on the first one, that Anakin literally dies and then he's reborn as Vader. Right. He right. takes his first breath as Vader. But it's also the pendulum swinging. Mm-hmm. Now you can make the argument that it's out of balance because it's swinging to the dark side as opposed to the light. But even if you go extreme light, you're out of balance too. 
there's a play in there and it's not necessarily gray. It's not necessarily the dead center of where the pendulum would swing. I think if you look at it from either point of view right now at Revenge of the Sith, Palpatine believes the force is in perfect balance because it's all dark. Yeah. In and his then, point of view. Yeah. Right. In his point of view. And then when Luke redeems Vader and kills the Emperor, then it's now back in balance over on the extreme light side. Mm-hmm. It keeps swinging. Right. So the balance isn't that it's stopped in the center. The balance is its constant momentum. Right. It's kind of like a, a top. Mm-hmm. As long as it's spinning and moving, it mm-hmm. stays centered. But it takes a cataclysm to push it to the next Exactly. Point. Exactly. Which could... This is one. <laughs> yeah, this mm. is definitely one. Um, So one of the things that's uh, really interesting about this fight is you can really see that Anakin and Obi-Wan in this particular battle, while it's it's mirroring what's going on at the Senate chamber, they are the puppets of the two that are fighting in the Senate chamber. Which is what RJ brought up on the last episode. Right. Yeah. Um, because you could really conceivably argue that it could very well have been Obi-Wan fighting Palpatine mm-hmm. in the Senate chamber. Sure. Could very well easily have done that. They weren't doing it for fan service to have it be Yoda and the Emperor. I think story-wise, it goes better to have Anakin and Obi-Wan fight because they are... The puppets. The, well, not only the puppets, but in their own eyes, they're brothers. It's Cain and Abel. Right. It's the idea of Anakin is what? He, he's been being trained by Obi-Wan since he's eight years old. He's now, what, 20? They're more closer than any family they've ever exactly, had. Exactly. Right. right. But then you have the embodiment of the two sides fighting in Yoda and, and the Emperor. Right. So, like I'm saying, is the plot doesn't demand that it has to be Yoda. No. Th- that is not a necessity of the scene. It is very symbolic that it is Yoda. Right. The reason it's Yoda fighting Palpatine is the, is the symbolism of it. And, and in general, even Obi-Wan says, send me to fight Palpatine because I can't kill Anakin. And in that sense, it really is in his mind, he's changed where Anakin is Palpatine because he's trying to fight Palpatine out of him. Mm. He's trying to bring the force back into him, which is why he's trying to like negotiate and kinda be like, that master negotiator that he like is. Trying to drive out a demon. In yes. A yeah. The only high ground that he really takes in that whole fight scene is the physical one. Is the physical one. He mm. does not take a moral high ground on it. Well, he's trying to rap because he doesn't want to kill his friend. But he doesn't because he could very well have left. But he tries to take the moral high ground by saying that he failed him. He's he, saying, "Hey, look." I screwed up. When he's on the high ground. No. He says that when they're on the even platforms. Oh, yeah, that's right. At the point where his eyes are the darkest, too. Yes. So Where he's even having to fight his own demons to even try to pull him out. To pull him back. But that just tells you that he's not in the moral high ground at that. He's he's trying to convince himself he's on the moral high ground. Because he's fighting against the darkness within him. No, I think he's just trying. But that is the the moral high ground. Because as as a person who is moral, if you have a morality... You do fight against that darkness in you and outside of you all the time. That's what morality is. Yeah. So he may not have the moral high ground because of his failure, mm-hmm. but he's trying to regain it by admitting his failure. True. Because that's what a mature yep. person does. Hey, I screwed up. I take responsibility for it. Because I try to fix it. If he kn- he knows this, if he fails to mm-hmm. bring him out of that darkness, he will kill him. Obi Wan will have to kill Anakin, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to. He does not want to, right? And and one, I guess, now that you're saying that, he could very well have easily have just been like, "Hey, I'm gonna push you into the lava." 
Right. And he and, doesn't. And the thing, right, he could have he could have literally went down and literally picked him up and just tossed him. He didn't even do the final blow. He couldn't do it. He couldn't He couldn't kill bring him. himself to kill him, yeah. yeah, like he said. And he's more than just a brother. He basically raises Anakin. It's like parents don't want to see kill their children. It's almost like he leaves Anakin for the force to take care of in terms yeah. of he will not it decide it's his fate. He will because, let the force. Again, in the EU, in the books by I believe it's uh, James Lucerno. Yep, you're right. The end of the Darth Vader book, they show Obi-Wan he goes into the Moss Eisley Cantina and there's a news report about this guy Darth Vader and he looks up and he's like and they actually see, he sees him in the suit and everything, and he knows who he is. He knows he lived. And he finally figures out, oh, my God, he lived. I love that I scene in the book. I, yeah, he, And that brings him into a, a certain amount of depression because he didn't do his duty at that point. And also, he... So he's a complete failure. Even Yoda says he's a failure. In the news report, Anakin just slaughtered, like, an entire city mm-hmm. at the time. So he's, wow. like, worse. Yeah. He, he, if anything, he made it worse. Right. All those deaths are on him and his mind. Yeah. 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 Makes you feel like more of a failure. Mm. What's awesome is that what we're witnessing is the absolute powers in that time frame of the force. Like we're seeing the whole good side of the force and the whole bad side of the force with Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting. And one of those two, of course, being Anakin, being just so conflicted. Whereas Yoda and Palpatine are like just heavy, like, hey, the good shall triumph over the bad. And Palpatine just being like, nah, that ain't going to happen because Anakin's going to be with us. Like, mm-hmm. it's just how that I battle's think, going. I think that's a good point you bring up. And I want to quiz you. I just want to kind of spur the conversation into a different direction with that idea is that that is right. Anakin and Obi-Wan, I mean, Anakin's fighting because he feels betrayed and he's fighting on emotions. But he's not fighting on principle. Neither no. is no. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's fighting to save his friend. Mm-hmm. Right. But you look at, and that's like a very chaotic way of their mental well-being. You look at the Emperor and you look at Yoda. They know what they are. They know what they're going to do. And they fully believe what they're doing is right. Mm-hmm. No confusion about that matter. Right. right. And that's the contrast between the two fights. That's the difference. Right. Sidious is is looking to destroy Yoda. Yoda is looking to defeat him mm-hmm. in any way he can. And it, it's precise. Right. And you look at how fast the battle goes between them. It's a lot shorter than the, the chaotic mm-hmm. deluge. Obi-Wan of, of, Anakin, of, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can see that's Okay, the so I have an interesting point to make on that note as well. Let's say it's like this, even though this is going to be somewhat an exaggeration. The Yoda and Palpatine fight is all business compared to the Anakin and Obi-Wan battle. That one mm-hmm. is personal. That one has Yeah. 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 You can yeah. leave out you can leave out dark side and light side. You can throw that out the window. Mm-hmm. This is a personal fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Has it's nothing to do with the dark you. side. Yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And that's why you see both of their eyes, uh Sarah had pointed out, both of their eyes are black. Because at that point, there's nothing. There's no influence in them. They just wa- they have their own personal goals at mind. Obi-Wan wants his friend back, and Anakin wants Padme to live. He wants the powers that be to have Padme live because she because he knows she's gonna die. And he has he doesn't care how he can get it. And, right. Okay, so you go back to the to the blackness of the eyes. 
Anakin's eyes are black due to his fall. Mm-hmm. He's literally going into darkness. Obi-Wan's eyes go black due to a, an extreme sadness for what's happening. He's not enraged at right. Anakin. I mean, there's got to be some kind of anger toward what he's doing, but it's not as a rageful anger. Mm-hmm. It's no. more of a sad anger. Right. And and, it, and it, he seems duller. Yeah. His eyes seem duller and, because you can see Anakin's and they have this little glint to them. Well, they have right. the yellow anger. Right. Well, that's that's only at the end. Right, right. Of the battle. Right. But it's also it's also a, a metaphor for different types of pain. Yeah. The pain of rage and then the pain of sorrow. And the, mm. Yeah, the pain of loss. But, I mean, RJ, I think that you and I can kind of go on this a lot longer than it should go. <laughs> but, you know, the song that's playing is the Battle of the Heroes. Mm-hmm. And it's not called Duel of the Fates, even it's, though it is a parody of Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates during the Darth Maul. Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan fight. Right. Right. But it is no longer the duel of the fates that we have come to know it as. You know what I mean? Yeah. Interesting point. So there is a uh, an artist who combined both Duel of Fates and the Battle of Heroes into like a kind of synergy song. RJ showed it to me. Yeah. And it's a if you listen to it, you do feel how similar those songs are and how different they are by comparing them together. So this is where I'm gonna be a band nerd. When you play Duel of the Fates, it mm-hmm. is a much slower tempo. Okay. And I want to. The Darth Maul one. The Dar- I'm saying Duel of the Fates. Okay. Right? Yes. When you play Duel of the Fates, it is a much slower tempo. And I want to definitely say, if I'm not mistaken, because I have the sheet music for it, I want to say it's Allegro, if I'm not mistaken. It's written on the music. I have absolutely no idea what that means. And what um... that means is. It's played fast. Okay. Right. But it's, paid, it's played fast, but without intensity it's meant to just be that construct an up-tempo kind of thing yes okay i believe what you're referencing also is the fact that in battle of heroes what you'll notice is the tempo changes uh comparatively to duel of fates duel of fates is consistent throughout the whole piece but battle of heroes will notice is not because every now and then we have to stop in battle of heroes and all of a sudden, you see the thinking process of Anakin and Obi-Wan. When we're seeing Yoda and Palpatine fight, notice it's going, it's doing that one section that's also in Duel of Fates. All of a sudden, it's fast-paced, and it's like, all that stuff. But then we go to Anakin and Obi-Wan, and all of a sudden, you're hearing the horns of heroes. Ba 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 Because this is a difficult, difficult moment. And that's what that's supposed to signify. One of these guys has to die. That's or has to change. And neither and neither side is willing to bend for the other. Whereas Yoda and Palpatine, that's a fight. That's a fight fight. It's got it's gotta go somewhere. Right. Hmm. And I like that take. I really I like the fact that in in Phantom Menace, it's called Duel of the Fates. Right. Because you're watching it, and it is a duel. It's a duel between the light and the dark side. There is a very clear, you know who's going to win. Because yes. we know the we know how movies work in America. Whereas but, Battle but, of Heroes, is it's a conflict. It's different. Exactly. It's, there's right. actually an argument in place. It's you not a blank fight. It's it's a fight with a purpose. And you you don't want... 
either side to win because you don't want to see Obi-Wan kill Anakin and you don't want to see Anakin kill Obi-Wan. Right. Mm-hmm. You really, you yourself as the viewer are conflicted with the music because you're like, this is the battle of our heroes. These are the people that we have Followed. thought were, was going to be the light bearers because we have been told that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Right. And he's not, he's not Vader at this point. Even though he has been dubbed Vader, like we discussed in the one. Transitioning, yeah. yeah he's, he's transitioning. Right. But you're like, they're still good in you. I can feel it. I know they're still good in you because you know. It goes back to the still that was on the TV. Yeah. There. So when we paused it, there's the scene Anakin, right after. Obi-Wan is coming out after defeating Anakin. And he's, he's coming up. And there's two beams of light. One beam of light is coming from like a light bulb at the hallway entrance that they enter at the beginning of the match. And it's literally bathing him in light. So yep, it's and, casting a light, right it's on casting him. light right on him. And then over on the, on screen left, there's another kind of, it almost looks like a crack in the floor and there's yep. light. but Mustafar is Darth Vader. It's where he, it's where he has his castle. It's where he goes to be by himself. So on and so forth, but there's still light on Mustafar. There's still that white bluish light. That's there. Yes. And that is a nice little foreshadow visual of when Padme says, there's still good in him. I can see it. I know it because there is. Mm-hmm. And Luke, who has never seen him or known him. Yep. Once he gets, once he knows he's his father, he can see it too. Yeah. And that, and it, it's a very good parallel to Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. when he goes, there's still there's still good in you. And there and he and he does redeem him. Yeah. And it's amazing. He does the one thing he has to do. He saves his son. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Because he, he couldn't save his wife, but he can save his kid. Yeah. And it's the last thing he does mm-hmm. in his existence. Before right. he atomizes the Emperor. I don't care what any of you guys let's, say. Let's restate that. He, he was disintegrates at the, the Emperor. atomic level. <laughs> he is made into <laughs> particles. Little he's not even particles, man. Specs. He's like subparticles. <laughs> it's like antimatter and matter coming together. It's complete oblivion. Not trying to be the dead horse. He's on that now one. a wave. <laughs> Why don't he's we just bring back Tarkin at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker? So be it the, be it as it may. <laughs> the mouse has no soul. They could have just. <laughs> Check and you know what? Episode, What's guys. awful about it is he could have just been like a force ghost because Sith that can do that too. That was in the original script. It's like called Duel of the Fates, by the way. But he couldn't have been a force ghost. We are no. He would have been. He would have not a force ghost. He would have been uh, a hologram in a Sith holocron. I could see that. Yeah. Which is like a digital. Okay, you know what? Nope, nope, nope. We are We're not, not going to go into this. We can't. We can't go into that. We, gotta, we already we went there gotta, within gotta the episode. The mouse has no soul. Gotta drag going it back. back Going back, <laughs> I feel like the emperor took over the mouse. <laughs> Who's the puppet master now? <laughs> so looking at this from a very opinionated perspective, <laughs> we can see that this particular scene has a lot of film merit. We haven't looked at the technical aspects of either of these scenes because for once, we're just trying to do a deep dive into analysis because one of the things that we're trying to show you guys as viewers is to look past your eye orbs. And I know that you've, you've heard that on our show before, but film is meant to make you think, mm-hmm. no matter how you look at it. From Breakfast at Tiffany's, when they were doing a lot of whitewashing and yellow face within there, to 
you know, Star Wars, where we're sitting there and we're actually having some serious political discussion that is being played out on the scale of, you know, an entire battle being taken place within the fantasy realm of the stars. There is a lot that film can say. Mm -hmm. And I know that you hear that on award shows and things like that. Through our show, we want to show you guys that there is more to film than just moving pictures on a screen that are pretty. Right. There's, there's more to just the surface story you might get and the dialogue because good dialogue, and I will say this, Lucas admits that he's not great at dialogue, but mm -hmm. he has flashes sometimes. He does, yes. But good dialogue always reinforces the visual you're seeing and vice versa. The visual reinforced dialogue too. And so with this new season of Postcut, you're going to be seeing a lot more changes to the course of how our show is going. We are going to be taking a much deeper dive into the film analysis mm. of our feature tableaus. We are going to be doing a lot in terms of trying to get you guys to understand what these films are doing on a subprimal level. And when needed, we will talk about how cinematography or editing or after effects or music helps get you into that point of what you're supposed to be seeing and what the story is telling you and what the visual is telling you. Yeah. And let's go in breaking down the intentions of what people are trying to tell you in a story versus what you're seeing and trying to compare the two and enjoying the entire experience and what the work that got put into these films were mm -hmm. helping you see a little bit past your eye orbs with the one yeah. and listening beyond your ear holes. With that being said, we cannot wait to present you more information from our second season of Postcut. If give us you, your opinions of, of film, too. Yeah, give us your opinions. We want to interact with you. Rewatch these battles and give us your opinion on them. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, from all of us here at Postcut, we want to say thank you. And we will see you next time on Postcut. Want to find out more about Postcut? Check out our website, www.postcut.com. There you can find links to our episodes, as well as our coffee account, where you can donate to support our show. While there, send us a listener request for films to review. Until next time, thank you from all of us here at Postcut. Before right. he atomizes the Emperor. I don't care what any of you guys let's, say. Let's restate that. He, he was disintegrates at the, the atomic level. <laughs> he is made into <laughs> particles. Little he's not even tiny particles, specks. man. He's like subparticles. <laughs> it's like antimatter and matter coming together. It's complete oblivion. Not trying to be the dead horse. He's on that now one. a wave. <laughs> Why don't he's we just bring back Tarkin at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker? <laughs>